Welcome to the Steve Has a Chat podcast, where I call someone out of the blue with the record button on and hope to have an unscripted conversation about Microsoft business applications. Let's see how it goes. Enjoy. Thank you for calling Microsoft. How can I direct your call? Steven Guggenheimer, please. Steven Guggenheimer's office. Steve Mordew for Steven Guggenheimer. Sure, Steve. May I tell Steve what this is regarding? Nope. Let me see if he's available. Hey, this is Goose. Hey, Steve. Steve Mordew, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I was wondering if I could get you to do my Steve Has a Chat podcast. <laughs> sure. I've. Uh, let me guess. You're already recording this then, right? Uh, you've heard some already, huh? I uh, listened to the one with Charles. It was pretty good. Right, cool. You got you got some time? Sure. I, yep, let's do it. All right, perfect. Maybe let's start, start with talking a little bit about your background. I know you've been at Microsoft... Jeez, you've got to be getting close to like the the oldest guy there by now. I, I was doing some research, and I don't know if you remember 30 years ago at the Game Developer Conference demoing Freelancer with Bill Gates. <laughs> wasn't quite 30, but I do remember that. That was when we first introduced Xbox, and uh, uh, was Seamus Blackley did the Xbox demo, and I did the the gaming demo on the PC, so we'd have some balance. Yep, yeah, I remember that. that. That was back in 2000, so almost 30 yep. years. Time flies. Yeah, yeah. yeah I joined in '93, but I think your math is messed up because I think I'm coming up on 25. But never mind. That's just a detail. Yeah. It's all good. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I also noticed that uh, what was it 15 years ago? You were the face announcing the Microsoft Small Business Center. Oh, that's funny. You know, there's something today that made me think about small business. I don't remember what it was. Um, because there's small business accounting. There was even a, a, an office small business edition, office SBE. So, yeah, I did I did some segment work. I did small business for a while. I've done some consumer. Yeah, I remember that one, too. <laughs> there's probably not many things you haven't touched at Microsoft in your tenure. You seem like kind of a, the hired gun they bring in to, you know, go go jump on this thing and make it happen. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been fortunate. I, I always joke with people, you can have many many unique careers at Microsoft, and, and that's for sure. You know, I've worked from consumer to small business to enterprise, and I've done, you know, segment segment work, and I've worked on product teams and uh, had the opportunity to do a lot of ecosystem work between OEM and, and ISV. And, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed being, you know, someone in the, I always talk about as the center of the whirlwind, you know, where, wherever the activity is happening, whether it's Windows 95 and IE or whether it's, you know, OEM or, or ISV and an ecosystem, I, I've always enjoyed that. And uh, I am, I've been fortunate, I, I've gotten the opportunity to work on slash, you know, help fix a lot of things. And so that's that's uh, enjoyable. I, I think at this point in my career, um, they mostly use me to either help build new things or help fix things, not fix, but, you know, help make things better that could use a little bit of extra effort. Well, sometimes, you know, it helps to have someone who knows how the ecosystem works uh, from the inside to, to bring into some of these new things. And a couple of these new things, you know, AI certainly is is uh, still a relatively new thing. And I know you're 
uh, still heavily engaged with AI, and, and maybe we could talk about what, what's going on in the AI side. Yeah, and uh, that's that's been an interesting you know space for sure. It's um, I do a lot of customer engagement on the AI side. There's this um, nice balance between everybody wants to have the conversation. Uh, we're still early enough in the journey with AI that people are looking for um, both sort of the you know that trusted advisor term or that or somebody to help them understand you know where we are and then how they should think about it. So what's what should their journey look like? Where should they focus at this time? Um, I think I've got two. I've got two conversations today and one tomorrow with you know two of more Fortune, um, probably 500 companies. Um, we're in a. It's a fun period. You know the. I always tell people I, I sort of grew up. You know, and you, you're from somewhat the same era, which is um, we grew up with three building blocks: compute, storage, and networking. Um, and and everything we did was sort of you know when we got more compute, we wanted more storage. When we want more compute and storage, we wanted more networking. And that took us from client to client server to internet to cloud mobile. And, you know, now if you come out of school, those aren't your building blocks. I mean, if you come out of school today, your building blocks are going to be artificial intelligence, IoT, blockchain, in a few years, quantum computing, mixed reality. Um, and so there's a new generation of, of building blocks that um, are starting to sort of become the foundation for the next you know, 25 to 40 years worth of, of what people will build. And, and AI is one of them. We're early in the journey, but it's it's for sure too late to do nothing, and it's, you know, too early to do everything. So finding that balance is um, where we spend a lot of energy. And to do that, you know, to your point earlier, I spent a lot of time working across the company to try and help um, stitch things together and make sure, you know, we're, co you know, as coherent as we can be with customers. And then a lot of time externally with, you know, customers and, you know, ISVs and partners on, you know, how to best, uh, sort of get on this particular journey or, or on the path with AI and, and have it be a, uh, both a short and a long-term investment that makes sense. Well, I hope to be able to retire before we get too deep into all that stuff, but it, it definitely is, is right on the horizon. <laughs> it, it is interesting, and I, I discussed this with Alyssa in my last chat about you know customers that you know they, they like the idea of AI. They can step back and they can imagine all the wonderful things that that could possibly do for them. Uh, but they don't really understand, you know, where to go from there, how to how to get it. Okay, I'm gonna connect all these data sources, get them all in CDS, or get them all somewhere, get them in Azure Data Lakes, and and it seems like that that gap between this is something cool I really want, and then on the other side of what's it actually gonna do for me, and how do I get there, is a is a big hill I think right now uh, to help people with. Yeah, I mean, I, we spent a lot of time on. Sort of where is the technology at? What are the patterns we see? You know, there are different patterns between, um, you know, using virtual agents to augment a process to um, robotic process automation to, um, you know, knowledge mining to sort of using computer vision um, in different scenarios. Could be QA, could be security. And so we try and sort of start with what are the patterns we see and then, in a sort of build by partner fashion, you know, how do you want to use this technology to amplify your differentiation as a business? You know, like any other new technology, you could do lots of things. They may not all sort of help the business move forward. They might be fun. So let's think about where you're likely to get support for certain scenarios from, from your ISV partners um, or from others. And then where should you actually, you know, where do you have expertise and where should you build expertise related back to these patterns? And then sort of what's the journey look like? I mean, we often talk about BI before AI. Like if you're, if you don't have a data, um, you know, unique data or data 
in a pipeline or, or organized in a way that you can make use of it over time, yeah, you, you don't have much to work with. I mean, data is sort of the thing that's going to help you in your, you know, use AI in a unique way. So um, if you're not sort of looking at insight before intelligence, it's probably not a great conversation. So let's look at the data pipeline. Let's look at sort of your data state. Let's talk about BI before AI. Then let's talk about SaaS services. Where are your existing or new ISVs going to sort of infuse AI into the processes that you run as a business, and you don't need to go build that. Um, and then where should you use sort of the building blocks, the cognitive services, the bot framework, the machine learning workbench, and other tools that, you know, we and others provide to actually build unique thing, you know, unique differentiated assets for your company that's going to help drive your business forward. And then if for some reason you, you think you want to actually build AI solutions and sell them to others, then let's have that, you know, conversation on custom AI um, tools and techniques that might be used. So it's a it's a pretty healthy dialogue and 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 you know giving people examples by industry by horizontal. Um, how do we use it at Microsoft? How do we make our own products better? How do we use it to help run the company? Those conversations resonate really well. They they really help sort of frame it for customers. They give them a place to start, and then we can you know dig into that next level. Um, unfortunately, or you know for good or for bad, the hype is pretty high today. So so helping people sort of think about that journey and think about this not as a you know, a proof of concept that just gets done, but a multi-year journey where hopefully a proof of concept's leading to something that's useful for the company. That's a, that's a you know, it's a pretty valued conversation. We do it all the time. Um, we learn a lot in those conversations based on what people are doing. So it's a, it's a fun, fun exchange. It's a fun time. Um, it's nice to be able to sort of work both across the company and across the industry to sort of, you know, help people make progress here. Yeah, I think managing expectations is a key to everything we're doing uh, now. You know, it's interesting. Charles had said in my chat with him about the, the AI story. Until we can really get data consolidated and out of silos, you know, that that story doesn't really reach its its uh, its full potential. When we think about CDS, we think about the Azure Data Lakes, we think about the Open Data Initiative. These are all all motions towards let's get all of your data in one, I don't know, pile so that we can actually, you know, reason over it. And, and, and that seems like almost that, that seems like the first step uh, for some of this AI uh, to happen. Exactly. Um, you know, having, having a data state or your data in order, knowing what of the data you have you want to try and use, what of it you need to start over with, um, getting it, to your point, into a, a common data model or um, a CDS service, so that you can, you know, connect or stitch it together over time. When when James and others talk about the, the business processes and the um, sort of adding in intelligence or insight into the, the feedback loops, whether it's your customer engagement or whether it's your product, you know, how you build products, and ultimately over time across those different blades, that's all about getting that, that data state in order and, and uh, using the tools that are coming in, um, whether it's Azure Data Lake and, you know, the common data uh, model or other tools, that's the starting point because in the long run, you know, essentially data is the, uh, for lack of a, a reused term, the, the oil or the fuel for AI. You know, it's it's interesting because data, just in the customer engagement side where I, I focus, has always been a challenge, you know, with bad data. And, and that's just yeah. a one, you know, one silo of data. And I have to assume that there's an opportunity for partners to really look at a service around data cleanup and consolidation because it's it's not just getting it all in one pile. I mean, we have enough trouble with the duplication and, and messes in an individual pile, not just getting it all together. It seems like a huge opportunity for partners. It is. I mean, that's the, 
again, if I go back to my, you know, BI before AI as the starting point or just getting your data state in order, A, that's not easy. B, there's not a lot of people who do it well. Um, and C, you know, that's a, you know, very large opportunity for partners because that's where customers are going to look, like who can help them do this. And whether it's tools and or services, um, I, we, we see that request all the time. And so I do think it's a big opportunity. Um, it's interesting because a lot of partners I talk to have, you know, burnt a lot of energy on, on AI, you know, proof of concepts that haven't actually led to further, sort of further work. But there's a ton of opportunity in the um, sort of data state and data, um, I don't care what term you use, data wrangling, data cleaning, data organization, that is real business. And so I do think that's going to be, that is and will continue to be a big opportunity for partners for the next couple of years. Um, and those partners that do a good job, you know, that's just, it, it's just a good, good opportunity and a good way to make a, both make money and set yourself up for the future in AI. Yeah, we know. I mean, customers are pretty easy to get excited, but then they're pretty easy to get disillusioned when they go look at something and because of a weak spot like some bad data, you know, the the the, the information is not not reliable. And I th- yeah, I think getting that data clean is going to be huge towards reliable information that customers you know will will stay excited about. Let's uh, let me let me switch you over to another role you've taken on more recently, and that's around the business applications ISV motion. And, you know, clearly ISVs are, uh, while they've always been important, I think, to Microsoft, they've never been more important for business applications than they are today. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing there? Sure. Um, you know, in, in uh, having worked on sort of ecosystem work for a long time, both hardware and software in the ISV, having run what was DP and DX, um, you know, working, talking with James and others, one of the opportunities that's just coming into fruition right now is how do we um, think about or rethink about the line of business ISV and how we connect with them. You know, as a company, we've, we've been on a journey for a while now to take, you know, what was our core sort of business assets and move them onto the cloud. So we, you know, we moved Office from a, uh, you know, client model to a client server model to having an internet add-in to now being a SaaS service. And that was, that's a multi-year journey. We went from our server infrastructure and our client server, you know, computing fabric of Windows and Windows Server and, and SQL Server and BizTalk Server and all the others to now Azure and, a, you know, a cloud model. And in the last few years, you know, the team's been working hard um, across the business applications group on taking what was a set of essentially, you know, monolithic solutions for CRM and ERP and the other solution areas um, and turning those into both a set of SaaS services and then a platform asset that, you know, line of business ISVs can use to, to build on top of uh, the same the same assets we would use in, in building a great SaaS um, solution or service. And so, whether it's ISVs that we've worked with for a long time or new ISVs that we want to work with or ISVs that are, you know, just getting started, we've added to the stack or the set of tools that we have to offer from, from Azure um, up now through the Power Platform, and sort of Azure and all the data, you know, tools associated with it, up now through the Power Platform, um, and then plugging into a set of Dynamics 365 SaaS services. There's a much different, you know, footprint of tool set that we have to offer, the opportunity to work with ISVs and essentially say, look, you know, wherever you'd like to, wherever there's value in plugging in with us, whether it's at the Azure level, the Power Platform level, the Dynamics 365 level, uh, it's an incredible time. And there's, you know, no one else in the industry that has both the infrastructure side, 
as well as the SaaS side and the, the tool set in between. Uh, you know, some people think about Salesforce on the top end of that stack, and you might think about Google on the, you know, or Amazon on the bottom end of that stack, but no one has the complete stack. You link in, you know, you connect into that some unique data assets from the Office Graph to the, um, the Bing asset to the uh, LinkedIn asset. You sort of think about some of those new building blocks, whether it's AI or IoT or blockchain, and, and holy crud. I mean, the conversation with an ISV now around uh, both how we might be helpful as a provider of technology for building um, some phenomenal solutions, um, and then B, in terms of how we go to market, we've always had a sort of commercial ethos as a company. It just it feels right to have that conversation. So the the opportunity to help James and the team out and to think about sort of how we pull all these assets together, how we um, dock the pieces. If if you look historically, sort of business applications has run a little bit on its own, kind of separate from some of the other motions. So that opportunity to sort of dock this new sort of platform asset with a power platform and these SaaS solutions with the other pieces to line up the um, ISV motion associated with business applications and line of business providers with the rest of the company's ISV motion. So what goes on in the OCP organization and with, you know, Gina and Charlotte in, in the Azure side, that's a phenomenal opportunity. Line up around the work that's going on with uh, the James and the team in terms of how the power platform is moving forward in the next, you know, next iteration of the platform. Um, and then to make some new sort of new new opportunities in terms of how we go to market together that map to what the industry does in this space. Uh, phenomenal opportunity. It's a ton of work. I mean, you're trying to dock into a, you know, Azure's a moving ship, OCP's a moving ship, our own, you know, product schedule's a moving ship, building new things is a moving sort of, you know, ship. But, you know, back to the, I've been here for a long time, that opportunity to stitch together lots of moving pieces, um, bring it all together, line it up against a set of phenomenal assets um, and work with the partner community to do that. It seemed like a good idea. It seemed like that center of the whirlwind kind of conversation. So here I am. <laughs> you know, I think the, <laughs> the release of the of the platform license, which was, you know, relatively recent, it's, it, 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 it really opened a door that, to use a Microsoft term, in the fullness of time, I believe is going to, is going to, end up looking to be one of the biggest moves they ever did for ISVs really was opening that platform and, and, and getting some parity with, you know, the other app, applications out there like Salesforce, their force.com platform. We haven't had yeah. that until recently. And I don't know that, I don't know that all the ISVs or potential ISVs out there have a clear enough understanding of what that actually means. You know, your ability to build whatever it is that you want to have Azure, to have Office 365, you know, on the right and left of where you're working. I mean, just right there. And as you say, no, nobody really has that breadth of stuff just, you know, within arm's reach, uh, right within the same platform. That's right. And, and you know, it, I think you'll see more energy in, the, in, in this space, in this conversation around, you know, what that platform is and the value to, uh, you know, ISVs and others. Um, Satya recently did a couple of conversations. I think one of them ended up in ZDNet, and it was a very strong statement on, you know, sort of the power platform being the sort of the newest thing that he's pretty focused on and he thinks has, you know, huge value for the ecosystem that's out there. And, um, look, as a company, we, we've we always been ecosystem-led. You know, the success of our partners is the success of Microsoft. Um, and so the fact that he said, hey, this is – this is the new tool in, in the, in the um, set of tools we have and, and the new conversation we should all be having with ISVs. I think it helps put some weight behind, um, you know, this is, this is a pretty unique tool set. It's a pretty unique time. And, 
and he's he's looking for you know myself and others and you and and everyone else you know who listens in to to figure out how we how we make the most of this and, and bring it all together. Well, you took a first step here recently with some just some high level taxonomy because we we've, we've reached a point where you know suddenly you need to understand what someone means by I'm a, I'm a business applications ISV, mm-hmm. and you introduced a build, extend, and a connect. Maybe we could, if those are yeah. still the taxonomy we're going to stick with, which I like, maybe we could just put a little paragraph next to each one of those where you see those <laughs> coming into play. Yeah, I, I just, for what it's worth, I like the term um, patterns. Taxonomy always sounds rigid. These are sort of the patterns we see when we work with ISVs and, and you know, the connect pattern is, is there's a, you know, a decent number of Dynamics 365, you know, solution areas now, and there's the platform. And some people are not going to either build on top of it or, or you know, leverage it. Um, but they still have something that's going to plug in that people might want. And so there, there's going to be a set of connectors where um, our SaaS applications exist. They may or may not use the Power Platform, but somebody has something that, that is useful for a customer and they just want to connect in. And I think of it like a, just an embedded object inside of the application that likely goes out to an app that runs somewhere else or connects in um, to however they've built their solution. Um, and those are valuable. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people who build connectors um, into the platform. Um, in the old days, these were sort of plugins in a browser. And in, in, in this particular vernacular, it's a connector into a, a Dynamics 365 solution. Um, so that's sort of one flavor of what people do. It's probably the, you know, the lowest work from an integration perspective. The next, the next level is uh, there are a number of ISVs who take the Dynamics 365 solutions, whether it's FNO or marketing or some other, and they customize it for an industry. So they, they take the FNO offering and they customize it for a, a marketing firm or a legal firm or, you know, pick the type of, of industry. And the UI sort of generally looks like our UI, but it's customized for whatever the industry is. The license required is a, um, a Dynamics 365 license, and that's a particular type of ISV. They may or may not use the Power Platform to do some additional work on top of it, but that's a, a second pattern we see a lot. And the third pattern is people who take the Power Platform, you know, Flow or the Power Platform or um, even, you know, Power BI to some degree, and, and build a custom app. It, it has a, you know, it could be a simple app or a complex app. It has its own user experience. It requires that platform license. Um, and they just built something unique that's a, that's a line of business solution, and that's a third pattern. And you can mix and match the pieces. There are many people who will, who will do an, 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 you know, use the embed pattern, which is to take a Dynamics 365 solution, customize it for industry, and then also use some of the power platform underneath it to do some, some additional customization. So you can mix and match them, but, you know, for simplicity, you know, one pattern is to just take the 365 solutions and customize it, and that's the base. Another pattern is to build on top of the power platform and create something unique. And the third pattern is to just build a connector that sits inside of one of our Dynamics 365 solutions, but bridges off to some other solution that's already been built or that you've built separately. Yeah, I think the extend pattern is the traditional pattern, the one that's been around, you know, for a very long time. Yeah. And the one that most most ISVs built on the extend, and there were quite a few ISVs that are on the connect pattern, although some of the ways for them to connect have gotten a lot simpler and easier now than they were in the past. But the build one is definitely the new the new one that that I think uh, ISVs need to be looking at. And even ISVs that are currently on the extend, you know, should be taking a look at that build to see if maybe there's another version of their application that they could build. 
Uh, so there's just so many different directions that that they're able to go now. But you know, when I think about ISVs, and we're hearing a lot of, of, of interest around ISVs that you know we started some of us MVPs put together this power ISV to try to help some of those folks and lots of lots of interest and curiosity from ISVs, which I hadn't heard a lot of in the past. Well I had, but now now we're we're seeing it ramp up significantly, the interest level in wanting to connect over here, and that's from competing product ISVs, brand new ISVs. And and they, they they get on a path, and you know their goal is to is to ultimately become a successful ISV, and you know some of those spots in that path have been a little bumpy as this thing's getting put together. Um, what can you what can you maybe share with some of those ISVs about the, the the future plans for that path that they've got interest, pick a pattern whatever it is, and we're going to walk you through to success. Um. You know, I, when I look across, you remember we, we talked briefly about sort of, you know, lining up a bunch of different ships. As we look at sort of the next release, um, you know, that we'll do, and, uh, you know, our releases are April and October, and you, you see the release notes, one of the things I see as part of our charter is to make it easy to onboard ISVs. I mean, it, it doesn't do us any good to have a great sort of platform asset, um, a really interesting opportunity and then make and then not make it you know simple to work with us and so we're spending spending energy now as a team on how are we going to redo the onboarding experience so if you're a um, you know an ISV who's on a different platform or if you're an ISV who's starting from scratch or an existing ISV we need to you know have a set of materials that makes it easy um, to, to work with us and so everything from we've just re, you know we're, we're working on updating the website we'll have to do it again um, so lining up all this work with OCP and Azure and ourselves, a big chunk of that is to uh, make the tool sets easier to work with. Because frankly, right now, it's still the tools represent our old monolithic world, and the world is moving away from that. Um, so what I would say is, hey, we're here to help. In the short term, if you need help, you know, you send us a piece of mail, and we we try and see what we can do. Longer term, that doesn't scale for squat. So we're working on revamping sort of our our web properties and our tool sets to make this. Uh, make it easier and a better experience. Anything from, you know, how to use the tools, ultimately the, the certification and everything in between. You know, we've got uh, you know a pretty good model of what's happened with the Azure ISVs. Uh, yeah. You know, there's there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we can we can glean from that, and, and then there's some unique angles on the on the business application ISVs. I think mainly the buyer is is probably different. But what are your thoughts on on how we're gonna you know, maybe uh, get the best of what the Azure ISVs have done and, and maybe speak about their success a little bit. Well, look, we we spent, you know, a couple of years working to create a, uh, a go-to-market, you know, motion or a partnering motion that would help, you know, ISVs that build on our platform be successful. And that was the, that's what we do with Azure. That's what we, you know, been working on for years, whether it's co-marketing or co-selling. Uh, in the line of business space, you know, to be fair, Salesforce has done a good job in, in, in having an additional motion for that and, and sort of investing in their in their go to market effort. So we're trying to learn from what they've you know what they've done. We're trying to learn from what others have done and see can we not only sort of build on top of what you know what we've done with Azure, but what can we do in terms of other motions and other opportunities um, or you know approaches to doing go to market work with partners. And so 
it's a little early to talk about anything, you know, yet. Uh, but you should assume that we're we're thinking not only of, of building on top of the work that we've done with Azure, but doing some additional work specific for line of business ISVs that partner, you know, with us across the Power Platform and or um, um, the Dynamics 365 offerings, and figuring out a way to do even better, um, you know, with that set of folks. Um, and then over time, you know, maybe helping all of Microsoft move forward in terms of how we work with line of the ISVs, regardless of what platform they build on. You know, I'm, I, I like to ask everybody, you know, if you kind of look across the landscape, and this can be either in your AI or ISV uh, role, of the things that you know are available that are really uh, huge, uh, uh, game-changing types of things that for whatever reason, uh, customers or partners just aren't getting it. It hasn't hasn't lit the, the light bulb over their head yet. And what, what would be some examples of some of those things that you think partners need to, and, and customers should just wake up and go check out? Um, shoot. You know, that's a hard one because you, normally what hit, what hits me over the head is the, um, is there's so many, there are so many things to take advantage of. It's trying to, you know, wade through it all to find the areas that make the most sense. I think the, the days of all or none are, are over, you know, all Microsoft, all Oracle, all IBM, all anybody, you know, I don't care whether it's Facebook or Google. And so so you, once you get past that and you say, okay, what are the things that I can leverage? I don't think most people realize um, or have sort of dug into how much Microsoft has to offer. Um, and that's both a technology statement and a go-to-market statement. And I think, you know, to your point earlier, people in this community, the line of business community, are starting to say, wow, there there really is an opportunity here. And when you look at sort of who's aligned with, you know, selling into the commercial space, um, which is where line of business ISVs sell, and then you look at the set of, you know, offerings we have, I think the thing not to miss out on is the opportunity to partner. Now, whether that's a, you know, lightweight partnership to the, you know, whether it's a um, connect and bed and, and um, um, connect and bed, and I lost my other one, the build model, or whether it's leveraging some of the other tools, I think that the aha or the miss is, is not, taking the opportunity to sort of understand Microsoft better, understand what we have to offer, both at a technology and a go-to-market level, and then find the, the way that makes the most sense for you as a business and go forward. And I think that's what I, I spend a lot of energy on. It's not the one thing. It's finding the right thing. Um, so that's, that's my own perspective. You know, it, it wasn't that many years ago that your quote-unquote Microsoft partner uh, knew everything that you needed to know about everything Microsoft. But th those days are, are long gone. Now there, there's too many different things to be good at. When you talk about you know, productivity, you talk about AI, you talk about uh, business application, you talk about all these different things that, that partners are starting to kind of niche into these, these uh, lanes of expertise, which is good, uh, but definitely right. feeds the need for that, for that partnering. And I think that, that very often, I know because we're in our own lane also, that uh, we're not we're not always paying attention to what's happening in those other lanes, and we could be we could be missing some some opportunities just because we're kind of head down in our lane. Right, right. And I think that's the you know to your point, it it's both harder and easier to sort of drive a unique business today. It's harder in the sense that there's lots of um, opportunities to create new things, which is awesome. Um, and it's easier in the sense that there's a lot of opportunity to create new things, but figuring out, you know, what the, what the, you know, core of the business is or what the soul of the business is and, 
you know, how you want to leverage all the new things that are coming down the pipeline. I, I use my building blocks. How do you want to leverage the new building blocks along with the things you've been doing for a long time um, and, and create unique differentiation? Look, customers are going through a lot of transformation. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity out there, whether it's the data conversation we had earlier or some of these new areas. Finding your niche, using the technology to drive your core differentiation as an ISV or as a company, figuring out how to make the most of, of what we or, frankly, any other company has to offer. I mean, some of the fundamentals of running a business haven't changed. The opportunity to leverage a, a broad set of new technologies and capabilities has. And so now how do you how do you find that right intersection you know, build for today and plan for the future. That's the conversation. You know, I've I've said this before, but uh, Microsoft partners, you know, in the past, or put or or people thinking of becoming a Microsoft partner, kind of looked over the fence, and I think they often felt like. I, I'm too far behind. You got every partner out there is an expert. I could never jump in and catch up, but that is absolutely not the case today. I mean, there are, there are brand new products being launched for which we have no experts yet. Uh, every, every day, um, and customers, as you say, they're 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 seeing the new things, they're getting excited about the new things, and and there's just not enough partners that have expertise. So, uh, I think that the whole the whole cloud and everything that has happened since has has opened up the opportunity for for potential new partners to join Microsoft, plant a flag, and become an expert in lots of different things. Uh, and I don't think it's as challenging as it as it was at one time. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I and I think the um, I think not being afraid to to dive in and and uh, recognizing that you know. Both the world and the landscape has changed, um, and and that there's plenty of opportunity out there. It's a good time for that, and that's that's where I get energized. I mean, I I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation you and I are having. I'm enjoying the conversations I have with with ISVs because I don't think you know as many of them realize that. Gosh, you know, Microsoft has a lot to offer in this space, and you know, we might have partnered with one of the other cloud providers, or we might have provide you know partnered with one of the other SaaS providers. But holy crud, you know, Microsoft's got a really good set of offering out here. And I don't think we knew that. And to be fair, I don't think we were, I don't think our offering was quite where it needed to be yet. And I don't think the, we were telling the story as well, but now we are. And I think the, uh, and so now is a good time. So I, I get energized by that. I think the, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, like anything else, you know, you still need to run a good business. You still need to think about how you focus, but boy, there's no better time than right now. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting because I know, I mean, I know partners that do nothing but Power BI. They build an entire practice on one piece of technology. I know other partners that are leaning heavily towards and may soon become entirely flow. Uh, we're, we're shifting our focus, and we are you know, on a path to eventually becoming entirely Power App. So we're, it, it, there's all these, these lanes, and there's so much depth in each one that there, there's yeah. definitely value. I think the old days of I want to be able to – to help any customer with anything are just not realistic anymore. That's so, right. And I, so, but I think to your point, like you have this phenomenal opportunity to go from you know Power BI to Power Apps, and boy, that's a that's a rich field. When you when you sort of bubble it up to people love that term robotic process automation, but when you bubble it up to that level and say, hey, can I automate workflows? There's plenty, there's plenty of work to be done there for sure. So, are you involved at all in any of the MR stuff? that uh, Alyssa was uh, saying that she was excited about in my chat with her? 
Um, I am in the sense that, you know, as part of our broader set of work, but I'm not deep on it. I mean, I get excited by that. I think, the, you know, when you look at you look at HoloLens even years back when we first came out and, you know, go back to when we started in this industry and, you know, think compute storage and network. Did you ever think you'd see um, sort of a holographic, you know, computer that sits on your head? Um, probably not. I mean, you're at, you're almost at Star Trek level and, um it's just not what we imagined 25 years ago when we were thinking about things we would build, and yet here we are. And so now take that same thought process, which is, gosh, now the, now the kids coming out of school have this MR set of capability, this AI set of capability, this IoT set of capability. They'll have quantum as a backbone pretty soon. Holy crap, give them 25 to 30 years and see what they do. Yeah, you should get pretty energized and excited. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see as this next generation moves in, and they're moving in now, and they're they're coming into the space with no fear of apps or cloud or devices that you know the the older generation guys like me you know struggled to figure out how to use our cell phones for a while, and uh, technology. When you think on the customer side, you know those that are that are a little intimidated by technology. Uh, you know the the next generation coming in under them and and ultimately that's going to replace them has has no fear of any of this stuff they just they just it's all it's all second nature to them that's right that's right so I think again you know it's it you give a, a new generation and and also you know people people think and you properly about you know privacy um, the ethics side of this and everything else you you not only have a new generation that'll you know, grow up with a new set of building blocks, but generationally, they think about things different. They'll have a different sort of understanding of the technology. They'll have a different understanding of how to apply it, and I think that will be helpful because you know people get uncomfortable with with some of the new capabilities and, and um, technologies that are coming out. It's a it's a helpful way to think about it um, when you when you know that generationally there'll be a new generation that sort of thinks about how to work on this stuff. Well, we're, we're seeing new generations inside of Microsoft. I mean, uh, you look at guys like Charles and Steven Siciliano. These are these are young guys that are from a generation yeah. different from both of us. And that's right. And, and they're they're exciting guys. They're exciting thinkers. I, I give uh, you know James credit for giving them the you know the latitude and the responsibility he has. He definitely recognizes that you know us old guys aren't going to get it all done. You know. <laughs> that's right. That's totally right. So. So I do, I do think it's a, a helpful way to think about things. So what, what excites you when you come in the office every day? What's the most exciting thing that pops up, I mean, that you just can hardly wait to, to jump on and push everything else to the back of the desk? You know, I, I, I'm i at a little different stage of my career. So I, I get excited when I get to do mentoring sessions with people. I get excited when I get to meet with customers and partners. Um, I get excited when I get to, you know, sit on, sit in on the review of a new technology area or where, you know, we do a, we do an AI meeting, you know, every other week with Sachi and the other leaders and you learn new things. So I, I get excited about sort of, uh, having an impact in, in the conversation with both individuals and organizations and, and learning as we go. Um, it's, it's, it's a little less about, you know, I'm going to go solve this problem or I'm going to go solve that problem. Those things come along with time. I mean, I'm, I'm digging in on AI. I'm digging in on the ISV side. But the true energy comes from getting that opportunity to give back and to, you know, contribute into the broader conversation. At this point in my career, I enjoy that more than pretty much anything else. Well, I will say, I mean, I'm getting to know you, um, and some of the things I'm learning about you is you're, you're a pretty no-nonsense guy. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't suffer fools. 
Um, you don't carry on conversations about silliness or, 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 or sprinkle around the edges. You kind of get right to the point, cut to the quick, and, and uh, I think uh, I'm sure the customers appreciate that. I know I do. Yeah, that's uh, I am known for that. I've worked hard over the years to sand off some of the roughness of those edges, so I feel like I'm a lot better at that now. Um, I like to think of it that I'm I'm helpful at getting to precision pretty quickly. I'm pretty good at absorbing a lot of information and being able to net and simplify and, and sort of get to the right direction. I mean, this whole sort of bag ISV conversation, it, it, you're trying to land multiple ships at the same time. And I, I think I'm fortunate having worked here a long time and having done some of the work, I can more quickly get to, you know, what do we need to do? You know, where are we going? What do we need to do now? What's the journey going to look like? And how do you line everybody up? And, you know, in, in the world we live in today, there isn't time for, all, you know, you want to bring everybody along with you. But there's not a lot of time for um, um, sort of uh, spending too much time trying to be warm and fuzzy about everything. So I'm I'm the right balance of warm and fuzzy, and let's get it done, and and directionally the right amount of um, you know carrot and stick, and and making it work. I you know the, my colleagues laugh when I when I try and describe my style because it's, there's not a perfect answer there. Yeah, well, there's definitely efforts towards getting something done and efforts that are being wasted to circle around the issues. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your willingness to shut some of those off at the knees. Say, hey, let's focus on the stuff that gets things done. I think I did that with you already once. Yes, you, 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 <laughs> I think you sent a request in, and I'm like, look, I can tell you a bunch of nice things and tell you we're going to look at this, but we're not going to do this, so why don't we just save some time? And I yeah, think it'll, it'll probably be better for both of us, and I, I actually think you appreciated that. I think we're up to about a half a dozen times now that you've done that to me. But, yes, I do appreciate it. I'd rather I'd rather have that than keep circling around the bush. So what events have well, you got coming up? Well, it just saves time. People really want to be nice because they love you, and I do too. But at the same time, we'll just save some time. Well, <laughs> time is money, my friend, so I appreciate that. That's what, right. What, That's what right. events do you have coming up that you're going to be attending where people might be able to see you and shake your hand? Um. I'm off to Europe. There's a customer advisory board followed by an event. Um, uh, I think it's called Business Forward, um, which oh, yeah. is in Paris. And then from Paris, I'll pop over to Mobile World Congress. So I'm going to go to MWC. Um, so those are two places to see me in person. And then when I come when I come back, I got to go to New York for I'm giving a talk at some event, but I'll be in New York for a day or two. So if people from New York want to connect, connect, let me know because I'll be in New York. Um, and then after I get back from New York, I think I got to go. Out, I'm going out to Hong Kong at the beginning of April, and so I haven't decided what other countries I'll go to on the way um, there. And then I'm pretty sure I'll hit Japan in May. So there's there's a set of things. <laughs> you are a traveling fool, my friend. So I know you're going to be at business. <laughs> I know you're going to be at Business Application Summit in uh, June in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that'll be a spot here in the U.S. for some folks to connect up with you. I think I'm going to see you probably next at PAC. Here in March. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, I'll uh, be there. You got anything else you wanna you wanna throw out there before we? Let's no, you've done warm me down with this sort of random phone call. It's supposed to, I assume, take you know ten minutes. Having listened to one of the others, I knew it was a little longer than that. But no, I I feel like you know we covered a decent amount of ground. It's my secret. I ask open-ended questions. I know. <laughs> you know Some you of us are that our easy. natural talking heads, so we just it's, we just feed right in. All right, cool, man. Well, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you in uh, March. And thanks for sounds good. Uh, t- thanks for taking a call. Yeah, it's good to catch up. Thanks a lot, Steve.